when I think today of what a oncologist goes through in making a decision on treatment compared to what it was like in the late 80s, it's mind-boggling. It's really going to be AI helping the physicians keep up with a plethora of new data that comes out so that they can give the right drug to the right patient at the right time. Welcome to Science with a Twist, a podcast for curious people who enjoy exploring how science impacts our daily lives. From technology that helps the fight against COVID-19 to solutions that help clean the water we drink is all thanks to science. In each episode, members of Thermo Fisher's scientifics team talk to experts who are on the cutting edge of redefining how we exist. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to Science with a Twist, brought to you by Thermo Fisher Scientific, the world leader in serving science. I'm Kathy Davey, your host and vice president of oncology at Thermo Fisher Scientific. In our last episode, Professor Deb Kelly from Penn State shared her inspiring work and how she's leveraging an innovation freezing technology to advance her lab's research on breast cancer. As we continue our cancer mini-series on Science with a Twist, we're joined today by Dr. Jeffrey Scott, the Chief Medical Officer at Integra Connect. Using advanced analytics, his team is focused on making it easier for providers, payers, and life science companies to embrace precision medicine to accelerate value-based care. Thermo Fisher and Integra Connect recently collaborated on research presented at the American Society of Clinical Oncology at the annual meeting, the world's leading oncology conference. In today's episode, we'll be discussing the details of our research and the impact new approaches to genomic testing can have on patient outcomes. Thanks for joining me, Dr. Scott. Thank you. Thank you very much. To dive right in, targeted therapy and precision medicine are big buzzwords in healthcare today. Can you tell me your perspective on why we're seeing this uptick and how you're working with various stakeholders to leverage this current trend in care? Sure. I've been in oncology since the 80s, and I've watched over the last 30 plus years, it evolved from using drugs that would hurt cancer cells because they were dividing and growing, but they were nonspecific. They would affect other cells in the body as well. And over this period of time, science has advanced. We've learned much more about individual cancers. And even within the same cancer type, like lung cancer, we're identifying newer and newer targets that we can have specific therapies that attack that target and don't necessarily affect other parts of the body. So science has advanced. Our therapy of cancer has become more specific and targeted, and that's enabled so much improvement in outcomes. Thanks for that overview. In your opinion, how can we ensure this momentum on the drug development side carries through to patients and that they receive the best care possible? Well, I think the most important part is shorten the time between the physician wanting the test and getting the results. There's always pressure from the patient, the family, from the physician themselves to start therapy as soon as possible. So as we get results quicker, we can make that decision. We can avoid giving therapy, which might be a problem. If I give a patient an IO who has an EGFR mutation, the most common target, they're less likely to respond to the targeted therapy when I give it to them, and they have more likely to have toxicity. And the other thing that you know we don't want to forget is that patients who have these driver mutations are less likely to respond to chemoimmunotherapy. So Getting that test earlier allows us to do the right thing for the patients and improve their outcomes 
and frankly, reduce the cost. I think patients being educated is actually very important as one part because much of what we do in medicine today, we want shared decision-making and having that patient coming in with some awareness is great. But frankly, the easiest way is educating the docs. And how do you bring innovation in a timely fashion to the physician and his staff so that they can implement that with their patients? When I think today of what a oncologist goes through in making a decision on treatment compared to what it was like in the late 80s, it's mind-boggling, all these new targets, these new drugs. And so one of the things that we work within beyond understanding behaviors and developing programs to improve physician delivery is, you know, do a lot of work with AI and other tools, you know, big buzzwords, artificial intelligence. But I think in the future, and we'll talk more about that perhaps later, it's really going to be AI helping the physicians keep up with a plethora of new data that comes out so that they can give the right drug to the right patient at the right time. So if these targeted therapies can have such a great impact, why do you think more patients aren't taking them today? Well, I don't think that patients would be the barrier because, you know, I think the patients want the best therapy with the least toxicity. The barrier is just the rapid advance. And, you know, as I said, I've been in oncology for a long time. I think that relying upon what we learned in medical school and what we did in residency and fellowship, our training, when things are changing so quickly, it becomes more difficult to stay ahead and to stay up to date. Most oncologists in the community are generalists, and those are the typical oncologists I work with. So we've brought tools and we brought programs to help them so that whether it's AI tomorrow in their EMR, their medical record tool, or it's programs today, we want to drive awareness and drive appropriate utilization. I think the biggest barrier, again, is that time to get the test back. I do regular blood work in my office. I, I do diagnostics in my office. But for most of us, we don't do molecular testing in our offices. That means we're sending that out from our hospital where the pathology is. And historically, it may have taken 28 days to get the result. Now, through certain advances, whether liquid or others, we could actually get the results in a week's time. I think as that knowledge penetrates the community of physicians, then the ability to get tests with rapid turnaround time, I believe will grow the penetration of appropriate patients treated with targeted therapy. Thanks for that. So your team recently presented research at ASCO about the impact early access to molecular profiling can have on patient outcomes. Can you tell us about some of these findings and how this real-world evidence helps define what needs to change in healthcare to drive improved outcomes? If I can, let me just tell you about the journey of how we got there. One of the real advances in medicine, not on the science and the patient delivery side, but in the understanding has been the use of the EMR, the electronic medical record, and the availability of real-world data. That allows us to ask questions. And one of the questions that we asked maybe four years ago was, now that we have we call actionable mutations, meaning changes in the genetic material that we have a specific therapy for, we have a number of them in lung cancer. So I asked the question of our data, are physicians today testing appropriately for those mutations? We found things that frankly were not surprising, 
but disappointing. We found that of the seven defined mutations that some call the national, the NCCN guidelines, which is a national cooperative cancer network that they've defined what best practices are, only about a third of the time were each of the physicians studying those in each patient with lung cancer. So that meant two thirds of the patients were not getting necessarily all the testing they needed. We also found using the same data set that often patients may not get the right drug identified by the test. So we went into a large program of dashboards and education to drive awareness. So the culmination of that was the ASCO poster. And what that poster looked at was if I test a patient, which we've now defined as standard of care, and I wait for the answer to come back from the lab, which can be as quickly as seven days, giving the right drug doesn't make a difference in patient outcome. So we looked at three different populations. We looked at a population where we waited, got the results, and gave the right drug. A second population where we didn't want to wait, so we started therapy and then switched it pretty quickly to the right drug. And a third population that started therapy and the physician elected to wait to the next line of therapy or later to switch the drug. As a physician, I was surprised by the results. I would have thought that it was okay to start treatment and then switch, but the results of our research showed that you could improve patient outcome by actually giving the right drug at the beginning. And so now the message to my physicians that we work with is, yes, you should test. These are the patients that should be tested. And then you should wait for the result before you start therapy. Now, as somebody who treated patients in the community for a long time, that's tough because the patients want to be treated. I was just diagnosed with lung cancer. But what I'm most proud about is this research actually gives the data to support telling the patient, let's wait a week or two to get the results before we start treatment. And are there new tools that allow for earlier results than uh, have been available in the market historically? Sure. I look at two different stories to that question. One is historically, when I would have a patient with lung cancer, I would have to call up the pathology lab at my hospital because I don't do that diagnosis in my office. And I'd have to ask them to send tissue or blocks via FedEx, UPS to a third party. So there's a travel time. Then it would take two or three weeks for that third party lab to do the analysis. And then I would get back a report and typically it'd be 26 to 28, 29 days from that asking to have the test submitted. Now we have companies doing what's called a liquid biopsy or using a liquid specimen blood where they can do a very similar analysis. So one of the advances is that from the time I send a tube of blood from my office till I get the results, it's no longer 26 days. It can be as soon as eight days. So that's one advance, the movement away from tissue to liquid. The other advance, which I think is even more exciting, is the ability for practices to actually, whether clinics or hospitals, to put the 
type of equipment we call next-gen sequencing testing tools into their practice. And if you do that, you eliminate the shipping time there and back and theoretically could get results in three to five days. I think the time to wait to get testing results should be as short as possible. And both of these vehicles, the liquid testing and in-office testing make a significant difference in that time. That's fantastic. If we look at shortening the turnaround time, getting results to doctors to make decisions quicker, what are the remaining education requirements to really get the word out about the effects of turnaround time, the impact to patients of delaying the decision on their cancer treatment, and then ultimately the ability to bring that in-house and get those answers out faster? I think there's a number of things that should be done. I'm going to go to the last part of your question first. How big of a practice or how busy of a hospital or clinic do you have to be to put in office testing? And th this is where science and companies like Thermo come in is that advances in science have allowed these, as I understand it as the physician, that the testing equipment has become more affordable. I know that, but also the ability to bring it into the clinic has also increased. So I think science has advanced the ability to put testing closer to the patient, whether it's in the hospital or my office. As far as how do I get more testing, you know, one of the things that Integra is really about is about, we call them quality improvement programs. And we sort of have a mantra, right drug or right test in the right patient at the right time, the right dose and the right duration. And so we look at across oncology, across cancer care, and we try and identify opportunities. That's where the initial attempt at understanding testing behavior and where there could be improvement came from. So with this data in hand, with the practices that we work with, we've created a series of dashboards. These dashboards alert them when they have patients who should be tested. It gives them feedback as to how often they are doing appropriate testing. And then there are additional vehicles for that they can seek for education. If they're not meeting the measure of performance that we agreed is correct, we have additional tools and education to help them. I believe that as a physician and other physicians, I would wake up every morning wanting to do the right thing for my patients. I'm also realistic and realize that so much science advance has occurred annually that after 20 or 30 years after you leave training, it's really hard to keep up. So it's developing programs that artificial intelligence, perhaps, or just dashboards to notify and help the physician do what they want to do, which is the right thing. So we have a series of tools and educational programs that spin off of programs like led to the ASCO presentation. That's really helpful. With, with such a rapidly changing area as you're describing, do you think that oncologists would be surprised to learn that they can get their NGS results within the same week of testing their patient? Yeah. You know, when we talk to them, what are the biggest barriers to testing every appropriate patient? And the answer typically is, I don't want to wait to start. Now, one thing that I know that you might not know is how many days do I have under normal? Well, 
one thing that I learned in practice was if I saw a patient on Monday who was a newly diagnosed with cancer, I would not start treatment for one week. And the reason for that was there's a lot of education. Perhaps we have to get a access on, you know, to infuse placed. So we'd never started treatment for eight days. Well, if I could get my test back in seven or eight days, then every patient would have the benefits of that test result before treatment. I think there's a learning gap for physicians to recognize that that's possible. Again, with either in-office clinic, hospital testing, and with the liquid testing, I think we're becoming increasingly aware that the time is shortening, but I think bringing it closer to the patient in your community will make it even quicker and expand the population of patients that get the appropriate test. That's a really great vision for where we need to get to and really proud of the work that we've done together to really look at the evidence behind uh, the impact of this. So thank you for that summary. So where do you think we'll be five or 10 years from now? Will we see broader use of molecular profiling and targeted therapies? I'm so excited about what the future is going to bring. We've gone from a time when just a few patients out of our population actually were candidates for a targeted therapy. I can see a time when it's the majority of patients. And then what really excites me is that we've shortened the time to get testing today from 28 to seven or eight. If I bring testing into my office, does it become three or four days? And then parallel to the improvement in testing and turnaround time, artificial intelligence inside our electronic medical records, the things that every physician, it's a love-hate relationship. We need them because it tracks what we do, but we'll really love them when the artificial intelligence helps us take better care of our patients. So 10 years from now, I bet my EMR is telling me who to test and then ingesting the results and helping drive me to the right therapy for my patients, which is going to be great because I bet 10 years from now, I get the results quickly and I've got a lot more options for treatment. Thank you again, Dr. Scott, for joining us today and for the work you're doing to help advance precision medicine and to outsmart cancer. Thank you so much for having me and letting me talk about our study and how we think it can help patients. Stay tuned for additional findings in this space from Integra Connect as their research evolves. Tune in next time as we wrap our mini-series on oncology. For now, I'd like to thank Dr. Scott for the time today and Integra's partnership. You're very welcome. Thank you. As we look to help clinicians match patients with the right therapy right away. Until next time, this is Science with a Twist. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Science with a Twist. This show is brought to you by Thermo Fisher Scientific, the world leader in serving science. If you enjoyed this episode, then follow Science with a Twist wherever you get your favorite podcasts. 